Welcome to the Blogger to Author Podcast, where we help you turn your content into a book so you can share your passion, build authority in your niche, and make a little money too. Now, here's your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Blogger to Author Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. You've written an amazing book, or you're working on writing one. You have an important message that the world needs to hear. In fact, you're so passionate about spreading this message that you've started to try to think of ways to bring it to more people. You want to get your book in the hands of more readers. What you need is publicity. But how do you even get started? Where do you begin to bring more attention to your book, your business, and your message? Should you just start to cold call influencers or reporters? What you need is a great strategy to help you reach the right people in the right way. You need Amanda Berlin, my guest for today's episode. After more than a decade in the New York City public relations world, Amanda Berlin now uses her pitch powers for good. She helps entrepreneurs write their web content, tell their brand story, and spread their message in the media. Amanda has created a library of template guides and trainings that feature insider secrets on strategic storytelling and media relations from her 12 years of experience guiding strategy for major brands in the corporate world. She is known for her usable tools for entrepreneurs and small business owners who need publicity. Amanda and her clients have been featured in all types of media, from Business Insider to Entrepreneur on Fire to WNYW Fox 5 to Bustle.com. She's the host of the Pitch Podcast and the creator of Pitch School, a suite of services that arms business owners with the tools and strategy they need to go from hidden industry gem to recognizable trusted expert. This amazing interview will help you learn how you can start to expand your reach with publicity to reach more readers, sell more books, and grow your business. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you very, very much for carving out a little bit of time in your busy schedule to be on the Blogger to Author podcast, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh my goodness. I'm absolutely beyond thrilled to have you. So what I want to do is start out by introducing you to our listeners who may not already know you or follow you. So could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became so passionate about helping people increase their visibility? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to school way back when for journalism, and I was always interested in stories and what's happening, particularly in people's lives. I loved memoir. I was, you know, big into reading about people's stories. And when it came time to get a job, I kind of knew even even though I really loved the news, that I didn't want to work in the news. And so I went a more corporate route and I ended up working in the beginning in celebrity publicity, which was super fun. And I met some really, really amazing, famous people that, you know, I still name drop to this day, even though I was like 22 when I did that work. And gradually that 
that led me into a more corporate role in publicity. But the whole formula of what we did was always the same because I was doing electronic publicity at the time. It was very much about television and radio and less so about online publicity because the internet wasn't really a thing yet. (laughs) <laughs> it was a thing, just not a thing that people use to uh, publicize themselves yet. Yes. But so what I was doing in my uh, in the celebrity days and then again in the corporate days was really finding the story within the entity or the product or the person that my client wanted to put forward into the media. So I was always tasked with, and I worked my way through various positions to, to my, the final corporate job that I had was, I was editorial director where I was working with, with our clients to come up with the story that would position their product, their spokesperson in a way that the media would be interested in talking about it. So I had to find a way to make things like consumer products and pharmaceuticals, you know, later on in my career, interesting enough so that the media would be interested in bringing this news to their audiences. And as I worked in that industry and worked on consumer products and pharmaceutical, I grew more and more disenchanted (laughs) with the work because I was helping the big entity be louder than their competition. I was like helping the loud guys be even louder. And I was really intent on, you know, making the world better and enhancing people's lives. And I felt like I wasn't doing that. So I got extremely disenchanted. Primarily, I realized looking back in the culture of the company that I was working in, but I didn't realize it at the time. I real What I thought at the time was, I hate this job and I got to get out of here. I just don't know what I'm meant to do next. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so I think this is probably true for a lot of people. As my dissatisfaction in my career and my life was increasing, my uh, attention to personal growth was also increasing. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of personal development work. I was doing a lot of coaching and engaging with teachers who were absolutely amazing mentors and gurus for me at the time. And I started to go down that road and I sought out a certification as a life coach through this nine-month intensive program. And just at that moment, the company that I was working for was disintegrating and I was kind of set free. And so the day that I was let go, I was like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go on this route, like become a life coach, work with people to bring them to, you know, greater happiness in their own lives. Like this is where you're going to go. So I went down that road for a while and I actually did a lot of things in that first year of being out on my own, quote unquote. I did life coaching. I did fitness instruction. I did a huge ghostwriting project. And then I had gotten married the year before and the the year the my first year of self-employment I got pregnant and being the only wage earner at the time in the house I was like okay this is real now like I need to figure out what I'm doing in my career like I can't be bouncing around and not 
not bringing in enough to sustain us. Like mm-hmm. I need to figure this out. So in, in almost like a quasi panic and in a little bit of a like begrudging mood, I went to an, an organization that I actually really loved, but they, they were really behind the times in their communication strategy. They had like a really old website. They weren't speaking to their, like I could see this from the outside. They weren't speaking to their consumer in a way that their customer needed to be spoken to in order to really engage and bring new people through the door. And so I approached the executive director and I, and I asked, do you need someone like me? Like, this is what I used to do in my former corporate life. Do you need someone like me? And I knew that they did. It was just a matter of whether or not they could see that they did. And he, he did see a need for that. So he gave me a request for a proposal, which begrudgingly, I was like, why do I have to do this? I want to just be a a life coach and, you know, I don't know. I just want to do something. I don't want to go back to this work. But I started working on that proposal and that was this major epiphany moment for me where I was like, oh yeah, I love this communications work. (laughs) It was that I, you know, that epiphany that I have referred to earlier where it was the culture at that corporate job that I just didn't like and that I really loved doing this work of raising the profile, especially of organizations and individuals that I believe in. And that was a mm-hmm. huge light bulb moment for me. And that's sort of the roundabout answer to your question about what, you know, how I became so passionate about helping people increase their visibility was that I went in a completely different route, but I, but I also kind of force forsaken what was Uh, what was this natural skill and talent that could help me build a business? Like I wanted to build that life coaching business or that fitness business or that ghostwriting business, but I didn't want to do communications, but I didn't, I wasn't considering that that was actually essential. It's an, it's an absolutely vital part of whatever it is that you're putting out there in the world that you incorporate this, like, well, how does my, client or my prospect need to hear about this in order to realize that they need me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes, absolutely. So let's start at the beginning with what you do and what you help your clients to do. My first question for you is somewhat basic, but I think it's important. And that is why is publicity so important? Yeah. Well, so I help my clients really create their story, create their messages, and then get that story out there to the people who need them so that their prospects and future clients can find them. And the reason why I think the publicity piece of that is so important, there's two reasons. It's what I call the publicity or the credibility loop. So you're reaching out to new people when you put yourself out there in interviews, when you write for publications, when you're featured, you're going to reach outside of your word of mouth bubble. And that's the first reason why publicity is so important because you're reaching people who would not have heard of you before. And you're also you know, you're showcasing your expertise, you are giving them hopefully valuable tools and insight that they wouldn't hear of otherwise. All of the strategy that I always propose to my clients is completely service-based, whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business, whether you're selling a service or a book or a product, you want to put content out there that is being 
of service to the reader so that they can get a little snippet, a little taste of what it is that you have to offer just by reading or listening. So that's the first piece is that you're getting outside of your word of mouth bubble. The second piece is that when those people hear of you and come back to your website or when someone hears of you through word of mouth even and comes back to your website or Googles you or, or whatever, they're going to see that you've been featured in this place, this place, and this place. And it could very well be a, whether they're even familiar with the outlet or not, but you know, if it's a very recognizable outlet, or even if it's not, they see that you've gotten coverage from these outside entities. And that inspires credibility and trust because you've earned that coverage. And that's a real important distinction I like to make between publicity and advertising, because back in the day, no one understood, like, well, I would tell people what PR was, and they'd be like, oh, like advertising. And it's actually not like advertising because you pay for advertising. You do not pay for public relations. You do not pay for placements like interviews and, uh, you know, article coverage. You can, you can, but that's not, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. So you earn those opportunities. And when someone sees that you've earned those opportunities, there is a there is a trust that's engendered and there's also, they recognize that this is like a de facto endorsement of you from that entity that covered you or that chose to put you on the air. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And that's such an important distinction to understand. Thank you so much for explaining that so well. Woo, yay, of course. <laughs> You just went into why publicity is important. So hopefully our listeners are starting to have those wheels turning in their head where they're thinking, okay, yeah, this is something I need. I need to work on getting more publicity so that I can start to really build my authority, which is something I talk a lot about as I encourage people to write their books and get them out into the world. But I'm sure that it's, easy to come across some common pitfalls. So mm -hmm. what are the biggest publicity mistakes you see entrepreneurs and other business owners making regularly? There are a couple. You might get your hands on a list of journalists or podcasts or media entities in your arena or whatever, the biggest mistake you can make with that is sending out a blanket email to everyone that says the same thing. Yes. <laughs> journalists smell that a mile away. So it not only will get your email deleted, it also is like so annoying to them because they have a job to do. They get a million emails a day and you're clogging up their inbox and it's almost like engendering ill will as opposed to doing anything productive for your business. So that's yes. the number one don't, I would say. On a more nuanced level, a another thing that we get tripped up on is that we start pitching ourselves instead of pitching an idea or pitching a concept that we can bring to that entity's audience. So you have two jobs to do with your pitch, so to speak. You need to convince the decision maker that they're 
taking a calculated risk on you. <laughs> so like you need to convince them that you're going to bring something really valuable to their audience. And then you're convincing, you're kind of uh, framing the pitch in terms of what you will tell the audience. So you need to tell, you need to sell them on the idea and then you need to show them that you can deliver on that idea. So the way that kind of shakes out in practice is you want to pitch an idea that is going to solve a problem of their listening audience. And then you're going to want to tell them how you're going to solve that problem. So it's offering an idea, but then also saying like, this is how I imagine this interview or this article taking shape. These are the major main points I'm going to make. Does that make sense? Yes. Absolutely. I actually have one more mistake that I'd also love to inject in there. Mm -hmm. And that's pitching before you've become a genuine fan of the outlet or the, or, you know, if it's a podcaster, I think you could probably uniquely speak to this, that when, like, this is a labor of love for you. You do mm -hmm. the production, you do the research, you do the interview. So if someone p were to pitch you and they are literally like you can you can sense that they're just seeking to use your platform to further their own interests, that's not going to be attractive to you. They need to really identify themselves as a member of your tribe, of your community, as someone that your people will want to connect with. And you become this hero because you've connected them with someone amazing. That's really the, the tone that we would want to take in pitching someone like you, I think. You would, you can speak to that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and I know that as an incredibly successful podcaster yourself, little plug, listen to the pitch podcast. I'll include the link to listen to that in the show notes. But yes, I've absolutely received pitches where somebody is just rattling off their accomplishments instead of telling me why they are going to benefit my audience. And I think most of us podcasters are very similar in that our audience is very precious to us. Mm -hmm. We are incredibly concerned about providing value to them. And if you're going to pitch me to be on my podcast and you can't tell me how you are going to be of value to my audience, how you're going to help them somehow, I'm most likely going to say, no, I'm sorry, you're not a good fit. And I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Amanda, as a fellow podcaster. Yeah, that is, that's absolutely, just to reiterate what you said, the the whole goal is showing up as as a fan, as someone who is a consumer of that content so that you can knowledgeably speak to what the audience will be interested in and and make a link between what the audience will be interested in it in and what you can offer and how you how you can improve the audience's experience with your insight. Yes, 100%. And I hope that all of you who are listening are taking this to heart. I do strongly recommend that you follow what Amanda has been suggesting and what she teaches. First of all, follow her and then follow what she teaches. Work on continuing to get your name out there. Work to get some publicity. 
work to get on podcasts or to get featured in the news or even finding uh, maybe a guest blog post spot to help promote your book, for example, when that's coming mm-hmm. out. But make sure that you do it in a genuine way, as Amanda had said, because that is going to really be the key to I think, in my opinion anyway, really successfully building publicity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it has to be genuine. And, you know, another incentive that I love to put out there for people who are seeking to put something out there into the world is that your work is deserving and worthy of this effort. It's, you know, you put so much time and effort into creating what you've created, a book, a program, a, uh, you know, a blog, uh, whatever it is, that that effort is worth this additional effort to get it out there. Because if you don't, then the world is missing out. (laughs) Totally. And this is sort of a tangent, but uh, that point just got me thinking too about, especially bloggers have this mindset of producing content. Like all they do is produce content day in, day out. They spend so much of their time producing content because they think that producing more content is the key to getting more eyes on their stuff. But that's not necessarily true. And that's really where a good publicity strategy can come in and help them a lot. Yeah, it's absolutely about creating amazing content as your foundation, you know, on your blog and your website. But then the other piece of it is how are you reaching outside of that natural market of your, you know, natural audience, your word of mouth bubble in order to drive new people back. So it's also about creating content for other entities. You can think of it in terms of that. And if you're creating content on your blog on a regular basis and you have a devoted audience, then you have even, you know, whether you consider your audience large or small or whatever, you have this incubator for content creation that is so valuable because you're getting a sense of what your audience is interested in and you're creating content based off of that. But then you also have this deep well of existing content that you can absolutely repurpose and reorient for different audiences when you reach out to do a guest blog or to do an interview or to be featured somewhere. So don't forget that what you've already created can benefit you, can help in your effort to get out there to other entities. Absolutely. And that is fantastic advice. So I'd love to chat with you about books because as you know, this is the blogger to author podcast. So I'd love to pick your brain from a author's perspective. In your opinion, why is a book a great way to help someone build a platform and reach a wider audience? A book is a great way to build a platform and reach a wider audience because, and this may sound trite, but you you re- literally can say, I wrote the book on XYZ expertise. Yes. <laughs> First, it's a great way to kind of reorganize and package your content in a way that other people can latch onto and, you know, and purchase from you, A. So like it's Mm -hmm. a, you know, a new revenue stream for your business. But on the other hand, getting out there and building a publicity strategy around your 
blog and raising general awareness, being able to say that you wrote a book and, you know, being able to say, I am the author of XYZ is is an instant credibility builder from the perspective of a journalist or a podcaster or someone who's going to make the decision about whether to feature you. When they see that like, okay, this person has been doing this long enough that they have enough expertise and content to write a book. They have the, you know, it just, I think that there's a a fortitude (laughs) that comes with writing a book there, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes courage, it takes focus. And all of that is, you know, it's a perception that is born out of the fact that you have written this book. So it's a great credibility booster. And it says a lot about you, I think, when you say I've written a book. I, (laughs) Obviously agree 100% with what you just said. And I really do think that the most important thing a book will do for you, your blog, your business, is that it does help set you apart from other people in your niche because Mm. it is an instant credibility builder. It does instantly give you authority because like Amanda said, you've literally written the book on the topic. And so if you have been struggling to make a name for yourself, to stand out from other bloggers, other entrepreneurs, whatever it is you do, again, it's easy to repackage the message that you've been presenting on your blog, on your podcast, across social media, whatever it is that you're doing, turn that into a book. And then that, again, just gives you that added sense of credibility, authority, and everything that Amanda just so eloquently spoke about. I completely agree. And I think that it's also an inspiring task to take on as a blogger, as an entrepreneur. How do I distill the things that I so close to my heart believe and the philosophies that I know will make my readers' lives better? How do I distill that into a package that they can easily access? Yes, 100%. And I always encourage my clients who are maybe a little timid when it comes to that sort of thing to keep reminding themselves that their book is ultimately serving their audience Mm -hmm. and that it's, I think, important to focus on the fact that you're serving that audience, especially if you're a little nervous about putting yourself out there. When you bring it back to focus on the people you're helping, I think it helps a lot of people with mindset who aren't comfortable, you know, being in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I say the same thing when it comes to publicity is that your, I said this before, your work is worth it. And it's, is it uncomfortable to put yourself out there? A lot of the time it is, and it's scary, but I feel like it's worth the discomfort because you ultimately are going to be helping someone. That's the goal is that your people out there who need you, who need to hear what you have to say, who need to read that book, they are worth it. If you don't find the worthiness within yourself, if that's hard to access, then think about the people out there who are searching for someone like you. They're worth it, right? Like they deserve to hear from you. So that might help us get past that scary 
uncomfortable phase. Like, okay, my business, my book, and the people that I will reach, they're worth it. They're worth me getting a little bit uncomfortable in this pursuit. Yes, yes, I completely agree. (laughs) So we've gotten past the point of being a little uncomfortable with putting ourselves out there. (laughs) And so maybe we're mentally ready to take that scary leap and start to try to get some publicity. So how would you recommend to our listeners that they start to get more publicity? Yes. Okay. So I love this question, particularly for book writers and even for bloggers, we all need to figure out how we most like to engage with our audience. How are we most comfortable putting ourselves out there and not just putting ourselves out there physically, but like, what is the mode that we like to interact in? So I actually designed a quiz for this at publicitypersonality.com or amandaberlin.com slash publicitypersonality. Either one of those will work. It's only seven questions and it really lets you dive into how you most like to interact with people, the kinds of work that you like to do. So a lot of the people that we're talking to here are probably writers. So maybe you like to write the best, or maybe you like to talk. I'm a good writer, but I prefer to talk. I prefer to talk it out with someone and have a nice, long, in-depth conversation, like in a podcast interview. Mm -hmm. Um, So really identifying what's going to be sustainable for you? What are you going to get excited about? And how do you like to interact with people? So go and take the quiz and it will tell you what medium is best for you to start with, whether it's guest blogging, whether it's doing podcast interviews or radio interviews, whether it's a television interview, whether it's writing for a traditional print magazine or newspaper or whether you would be best off pitching someone else to maybe write about you or feature you. So those are kind of like the five different categories of media. So we want to figure out which one is going to be best for you. And certainly that doesn't mean you should only focus on that one because you can reach all different types of people by focusing on different media because everyone engages with all different media. So that's the first thing. The other thing is figuring out where your people are. So you want to look at your audience and even just start asking people, like, where do you like to listen to? What do you like to read? And you probably have a good sense of this if you're in the online space and you're writing a lot for your own blog. Where are the other outlets that your people are reading? So It's an easy ask to just start asking people where they are. So figure out where those two things intersect, the way that you like to contribute and where your people are reading and listening to. On a much more practical level, something to start doing is to look at the people that are also in your space, your colleagues, your peers, your competitors, and see where they've been featured. Go to their website and see what they put under press or you know what they have underneath like as seen in and just start to collect a list of places that resonate with you where other people in your space have been featured. So that's that's a couple ways to get started. And then further to that, you know, f- one of the other big questions is how do I find the uh, the contacts how do i find the right people to reach out to i would 
suggest what, you know, once you collect your list, like, okay, let's make this really actionable. Okay, Beth. So we're going to say, just start with five entities, start with five of the places that either you love your audience loves or where you see your contemporaries being featured. So find five outlets and then start to research who makes the decision about who gets featured. So maybe one of them is, I just researched for a client, a website called Career Contessa. So it took me a while actually to figure out like, what is this website? (laughs) And it, it turns out it's a job website. It's a career website for women, but it has like all different types of content. So what I needed to do there is figure out like, where do they feature people? Where is their dynamic content? And they have a page that is features and interviews. So you want to find out within each entity, where is the spot for you to be featured and start reading up on that, see who's doing the interviews. And they may very well have a link on the site somewhere that says to be a contributor or get featured or contact or staff. So go in and and try to figure out who is the person that's doing the interviews, making the decisions, green lighting the guest bloggers, figure out who that person is, then either connect with them in some way. If their email is there, that's amazing. I don't want you to pitch anything at the onset. I want you to just connect with them. So if their email is there, you could write them an email just saying, thank you for this work. I really resonated with XYZ article. I look forward to staying in touch and keeping on top of this amazing work that you're doing. That would be probably a really refreshing email to receive. The other thing that you can do if that doesn't feel like something you're ready for is go to Twitter. Twitter is the social network where you're probably best off connecting with journalists and people in the media and connect with them there, share their content. And again, do something similar to what I just suggested, where you're really just saying, I love what you're up to. That is an amazing piece of advice. And I love how you've also made that actionable for our listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to hear what happens for people who try that out. <laughs> so definitely let me know. Yeah. <laughs> go to yeah, go and take the quiz and figure out which media you're gonna start with. And then let me know. Let me know what you get on the quiz and let me know if you take these actions and what happens. I'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Aside from all of the amazing advice you've given us already, do you have one big tip for our listeners who want to create a publicity strategy so they can increase their reach? My big tip for listeners who want to increase their reach is to remember that it's maybe not meant to be fun, but if we can approach it from this perspective of this is easy. This is fun. This is a way for me to reach out, make new relationships. That's like the energy that I really want everyone to embrace this with is how can I create relationships with people who I admire, whose work is amazing, who are also reaching out to an audience that I want to reach? And how can I make a relationship with that audience? So it's it's less about 
forcing my content down someone else's throat and more about like, how can we collaborate so that I can bring your audience something new, something that's going to make you decision maker look amazing to your audience because you brought me to them. And, uh, you know, just something that's going to provide a service to that audience that has been what they are looking for. So I really want everyone to sort of approach this work with that energy of service and of connection and of relationships. Because if you approach it like that, then you're going to create an opportunity for an exchange with the people who make the decisions, but also the audience. And it's it's not going to be like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of thing where you're going in, you're providing content and you're, and you're out of there. It's going to be an ongoing, equitable exchange between you and the people that you want to serve. So that's a little bit more heady and like just the energy that I want everyone to sort of approach this with in terms of strategy, especially for people who are writing a book. I want you to start planning ahead of time. So like if you know that your book is going to come out in March of 2018, let's start. Ideally, if you want to get featured in a magazine, let's say, that's the longest lead media. Just I don't know if that's a jargony term. That means that it takes them the longest amount of time to produce their edition, their print edition of their magazine than any other media. So that would be like six months is where you would want to begin to potentially start courting magazine features. That's like, you know, those glossy magazines that you see on the supermarket aisles. There are opportunities in there and that's, you know, a completely kind of a different beast than we've been talking about here, but I just bring it up because the idea is that you need to plan. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you're launching a book, you have a date, hopefully in mind that you are desiring to put this book baby out there into the world. So you want to start planning when your interviews are going to go live, when your guest blogs are going to go live, when your features are going to go live and so forth. And I think for people who are launching a book, you have a great opportunity because you can get in with media that are either mass market where your book is kind of like, okay, hey, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer investment for people for the first time that they're hearing of you. This is a great way for them to buy from you because it's kind of a great initial offering. And that's another, you know, going back to your question about why is a book a great way for someone to build a platform in terms of business, it's a great kind of tripwire type investment if you mm-hmm. are seeking to in you know bring people in to make larger investments in the future. I'm sort of getting off track here. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> For mass market media like television and like magazines and newspapers, a book is a great thing to feature because there's a chance that people will buy the book because you're not asking them to invest major money the first time that they're hearing of you, if it's Mm -hmm. the first time that they're hearing of you. It's also a great opportunity to approach podcasts and online magazines because those are more niche-based and they're more in-depth. So the listeners really get 
a deeper sense of who you are, how you can help them, what you're all about when you do an interview like on a podcast or you write something that's for a particular niche on an in an online blog or magazine. So either way, writing a book kind of positions you in different ways to go after all those different media. They all kind of require different timeframes in order to like set it up so that the content goes live in time for your book launch. But you have Mm -hmm. such a great opportunity there to contribute in all different ways. Yes. Absolutely. And listeners, I hope that you were taking some mental notes there because that is just a great publicity strategy that Amanda just outlined for you for free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I don't want that to feel overwhelming at all. I think that, again, you know, start with five outlets that you really love. Start with the media that feels most authentic and something that you can get excited about, especially if you're just starting out, putting yourself out there, because for all different reasons, it can be overwhelming, it can be scary, it can be confusing. So start small. I don't want that, you know, broad scope thing to feel overwhelming. (laughs) Absolutely. So for our listeners who are ready to jump in headfirst into the publicity pool. Those of our listeners who have been inspired by this interview and they are ready to get going, how can they find you to learn more about publicity and how they can use that to help build their businesses? You guys all can find me at amandaberlin.com and that's Berlin, just like the city. And take the publicity personality quiz, publicitypersonality.com, and that'll show you where to begin to get coverage that will raise your visibility and connect you with the people who want to engage with you. Yes, absolutely. I will put those links in the show notes as well as links to find Amanda on social media as well. So check those out again on the show notes and it'll make it easier for you to connect since it'll all be in one location. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with our audience before we go? Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, I think that the pursuit of putting yourself out there either feels crazy and scary, or it feels like you're a caged animal and you can't wait to get out there. <laughs> one one or the other extreme. The way that I feel is more like the latter. Sometimes I feel like I'm a caged animal and I'm like chomping at the bit and rattling in a cage, like, let me out of here. Let me connect with the people who need me. All I need to do is connect with those people so that I can help them make this less daunting, make them feel like they can do this and so forth. So whether you're feeling one way or the other, just know that there are people out there who need you and that you are not doing this from a place of self-promotion or self-aggrandizement or navel gazing or whatever. You are doing this because you can help people out there. You you are service oriented and you want everyone to feel better in their lives. And that's the reason why you're venturing to to do this. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the more bold and the more authentic and the realer you are, the more people will connect with you. So also scary, but I think that 
there are stories that we are all meant to share. And those are the stories that are going to connect us and not just connect us like in this like passing way where you connect once and, you know, and you move on, but really connect us with the people that we're meant to connect with. So the stories that you're scared to share, the stories that feel like you can't not share them, but it's, you know, still scary. Those are the things that we need to work up the courage to actually share. And I'm venturing into that myself and sharing aspects of my life that I've never shared before with my community. So I know that it's nerve wracking and it's scary, but it's also those things that are going to set you free. And I think that anyone who is a blogger who wants to create a book that encapsulates their experience or their expertise, you know that. And that's also the thing that's going to connect you to other audiences outside of your own cultivated community. So share the things you're scared to share, be bold and authentic. You know, you don't need to drag all the skeletons out of the closet, but just be the inspiration that your audience needs to see. That is an amazing message. Listeners, I hope that you are inspired by that message, and I hope that you will take the time to Go follow Amanda, subscribe to her podcast, The Pitch Podcast. Go follow her on social media. Again, you will be able to find links to all of that and more in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise with our listeners and for coming on the Blogger to Author podcast. Beth, it was my absolute pleasure. I can't wait to stay connected to you and to everyone listening. Listeners, I hope you will follow through on Amanda's call to action and contact those five media outlets you would love to be featured in. Small steps truly do have huge results, and I promise you will be so happy you took those steps. If you need extra help following through, if you want to get Amanda's free publicity personality test, or if you just want to keep in touch with Amanda, head over to the show notes at bloggertoauthor.com slash 36. If you're still writing your book, come join me for a special NaNoWriMo, that's National Novel Writing Month, challenge in November. I'll be working to write my next book alongside you, and we'll all work to keep each other accountable and on track to write the first draft of our books in November. Plus, if you complete the challenge, I'll give you a free half-hour one-on-one strategy call with me. Join in on the challenge at bloggertoauthor.com slash November. Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for joining us for the Blogger to Author podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share the podcast with your friends and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about Blogger to Author and the podcast at bloggertoauthor.com. Till next time, happy writing.